Sounds like football, baby. <laughs> up guys happy wednesday for a thursday pod and welcome to the fantasy football smackdown i am your fill-in host i am memphis you can follow me at dwz memphis and my fill-in co-host is none other than the ultra handsome tyler o at tyler o f f tyler what's up man did i get your twitter handle right first of all it's it's at ff tyler o FF Tyler O. The FF. Who knows where people put the FFs these days? You know. You know, usually most people are very bougie and they have an underscore. It's true. Now we're doing the live Q and A here on YouTube, Twitter, everywhere. We're going to be taking questions from the YouTube here in a minute. I've got a few from our patron. Now you heard the heavy metal ish open that Jake and Kyle have here at the SmackDown, right? Now, now tonight Kyle had something come up and Jake is on vacation. So I was going to host the show. I just assumed one of our brothers in arms would jump on with me. Um, and at the last minute, I thought I was going to be flying solo. I had a list of questions. I'm like, okay. And at the last minute, you know, Tyler pops in. So I had to, you know, this is a song that instantly popped into my head. Can we do this? I mean, I found out tonight who my friends are. Tonight, my friend is Tyler O. He's your friend. We're going to be answering some questions. We've already got Darren in the chat. Darren is one of our best and most loyal supporters of everything DWZ, FF SmackDown. Well, I'll, as these guys in the chat are crafting their questions... One of our patrons, his name is Jacob. He had a question for me because I have a couple of questions to get started. You know, let everybody get stirring. You get the to get the alert that hey, we're live on YouTube, we're live on, we're live on you know Twitter. Get your questions out here. But I have a couple to get us started. And Jacob wants to know, Tyler, what is the worst fantasy football bad beat you've encountered in your time playing fantasy football? And this is an easy one. I also think I have a pretty good one at that. It didn't involve me, but it was a league that I was a commissioner for. You got to rewind the clock to 2014. Um, it was a uh, week, I believe it was week 16 at the time. We started, I think even in 2014, we knew you didn't play week 17. Um, but we, back then we were doing two-week championships, and it was the championship. It was, it was last week. It was a close one. It was my, my best friend and my brother were, were in the showdown to become the champion. Um, the game, you know, the week ends. All good. Um, you know, my, my best friend ends up beating my brother by one fantasy point. In a two-week championship, one fantasy point substantial. I hand him the money. Uh, the next day, he's the champion. Um, and then Thursday, stat corrections come out. And um, turns out that in the Jets-Patriots game, there was a uh, missed field goal. Uh, turns out it wasn't missed. It was blocked by the fingertips of none other than Vince Air Wilfork. Uh, got his little, like, I think two fingers or one fingertips on it just enough. Those two points go to my brother, who happened to be starting the Patriots' defense. He gets two points. He goes up one point. And three days after we anointed the champion, uh, the champion had to literally hand over the money to, to my brother on the stat correction. After that, he bought himself an Air Wilfork shirt, reps uh, Wilfork for the rest of his days, because he's the reason he is the 2014 champion, man. See, that's brutal. And, and, you, learned, and you learned a valuable lesson from this. You, from that point forward, you did not learn. You learned not to pay the champion out before before stat corrections and everything was baked and i think that's a you know that's one of those things if you can turn a bad beat into a lesson learned that's a great one so i'm going to go back clear back to 2006 now i verified this via pro football reference and i'm going to talk about david carr not Derek carr david carr his brother and this was a league at the time they called it a dynasty league but it was really just a uh, a modified keeper league. We kept three. Every year you kept one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver. And you had to declare on draft night. There was no round draft penalties. There was nothing like that. But it was also a two QB league. You had to start two QBs. It wasn't a super flex. We didn't even know what the term flex meant then. It was just an old school start two quarterbacks, start two running backs, three wide receivers, and a tight end, a kicker, and a defense. Again, this is 2000. And six. This is 15 years ago. Yes, I'm old. 
High school yeah, was with me then. High school was with me then. <laughs> I was old. I'm, I'm old AF because I was old AF then. And in, in 2006, so, and by the way, you talk about lessons learned. We are playing our championship in week 17. So, you know, most teams, you know, nowadays your championship game should be, if it's not, it should be, well, this year it should be week 17. But historically, it should have been week seven, uh, 16. Well, what, what did we do? So, so I had Derek Carr. Excuse me, David Carr. See, I'm screwing this up. But I had David Carr. And in a game against Cleveland at home, and, and Tyler, you do know Houston plays in a dome, correct? Mm-hmm, sure. So, and Cleveland's usually pretty bad. I don't remember how they were in 2006, but he was Neither pretty bad. I. Pretty bad. So in a championship game, and now, now D- David Carr was no great shakes, but he had done okay for me that year. Not great. Had a few good games, a couple of shitty games, but I was in a spot to where I had to start him in this championship game. Because, you know, it's the, if I knew then what I know now. Well, this was a pretty high-dollar league. It was one of the most expensive leagues I had ever been in. To, to quantify this league, the entry fee was 500 bucks. That's serious, man. And it was 50 bucks a loss. So every time your team lost, you had to pay 50 bucks, And it was $5 per ad drop. Jeez. Now, what, what we did with the ad drop money, it was really fun. So all the ad drop money throughout the season, all the ad drop money went into a pot, and it went for the Toilet Bowl champion. So whatever that was, a few hundred bucks. If you won the toilet bowl as the non-playoff teams, okay. all that money from the toilet bowl went back to you to kind of offset some of so your losses. So you're always losses. playing for something. So you're always playing for something. Correct. And I don't remember what the payouts were at the time. I just remember that the gap between first and second, and I lost by like five points. And and, and in this game, Derek Carr went nine for fifteen for eighty-six yards and a touchdown. So basically, he got me about two points. Had he done anything, and they beat Cleveland fourteen to six. So I did do, do some research because you know this is one of those haunting bad beats. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that, one of those haunting bad they, beats they stick that you with just you clearly. They stick oh, with fifteen hundred dollars to this day. It was a lot of money when I was. I don't even know how old I was then, but it's, it's a lot of money now. Fifteen hundred bucks was over a bad performance from from David Carr. So that's my worst personal bad beat. Uh, bad man, bad poker and fantasy football. You have any poker bad beats? I'm sure you do. You probably play some cards. Yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely played my uh, fair share of poker. Not so much anymore, but in my younger years. I'm trying to think of one that takes the cake. You know, I've, I've, I've been lucky enough to see, I think I believe it was a, a royal flush um, beat a straight flush. You know, and I feel like, well, you know, it was Texas Hold'em, you know, the three of the cards, uh, I think it might even four, I can't remember at this point in time, but at that point in time, it's like, there's, if you have, you're holding a straight flush, there's only one card in the deck that can beat you, but the other guy ended up having it. I think that was probably uh, the worst beat that I've ever seen. Something like 1.9% chance of hitting. Just it's the worst, wild, yeah. and, and, and the worst you learn about the math and everything of of poker just like in fantasy football when you learn the odds and you know a guy hits a one outer mm-hmm. and you know he had about a two percent chance so basically one out of 50 times you lose that hand or you lose at fantasy football it's a kick in the dick all right let's get to our first question from the youtubes uh, when you're old you got to put an s you plural everything you know it's not meyer grocery it's store it's my it's myers it's yeah. not jc penny it's jc penny's so that, that, that's, I'm going to be the old guy. It's the YouTubes. And so this is from Lions Pride 20. Great guy. First name's Randy, by the way. I know him. He's good people. Uh, evening, boys. Let's talk about Russ. I don't think he means Dynasty Outhouse, but he could. But he says, if he can cook for the entire season, uh, he wants, so basically, what I, and can he avoid fading down the stretch? What are your thoughts on Russ for 2021? He's my QB five. It's a bit higher than ADP ECR. Um, you know, I, it, it comes down to just two simple things here. I, I'll make it quick. One, I know he can be a top three QB. We've seen it before. He is that good. I believe he's one of the most talented uh, quarterbacks in the NFL. Not to mention it, he's got great. I mean, things are just good. It's a good situation. What hasn't been good is the play calling. Obviously, um, started off hot last year. Things were going really good. Schottenheimer really uh, not a creative play caller whatsoever. And, Things started being – I think there's an interview with DK talking about the offense and the lack of the great creativity and essentially like once the defense figured out – what defense has figured out halfway through the season what they were doing, they're able to shut it down. 
Um, you know, there's always been this uh, need to run the ball. You know, you can say that's the OC, but I think PD Carroll has something to do with it. But at the end of the day, uh, they got a new OC in town. Um, I believe Shane Waldron, uh, uh, offensive coordinator from the Chargers. Um, I liked what I saw there. I'm hopeful. And if they indeed do let Russ cook, it's it's worth the investment. So Russ is a guy that I'm getting a lot in drafts. Um, been, DK's been a bit expensive for me. Lock gets a lot more in the range that I've been interested in. But, yeah, I, I think this offense – I'm in on Russ, and I think the offense continues to cook. Um, even if it doesn't, it's worth the investment because if it does cook, we know we're looking at some absolute elite assets. Yeah, I, I, I like Russ as well. And, and here's why. When was Russ cooking? Russ was cooking early in the season when the defense is bad. And I still don't think the defense got much better. I don't. I didn't do all the research on their defensive losses, but I do like the addition of Gerald Everett. I think Gerald Everett's going to be a nice third option. Mm-hmm. And it gives you a little bit of insulation in case a, a DK Metcalf or a Tyler Lockett were to go down. Mm-hmm. Like we know, we've seen Russ, you know, stretch usable, serviceable. I use the word serviceable. We've seen serviceable, serviceable stretches out of guys like Jacob Hollister, Will Disley. But I think Gerald Everett's the best tight end they've had there since, since Jimmy Graham a few years mm-hmm. ago. So I think he's a nice third option for them. And, and their schedule is not easy. You know, bad defense, you're going to be playing the Colts, the Titans, the Vikings. Those are all pretty good offenses with middle-of-the-road defenses. So I'm seeing, you know, the Vegas over-unders will help determine a lot of that. But then they go San Francisco, Rams, Steelers, you know, then the Saints and Jaguars, and then a bye. But the one thing I will caution you on just a little bit with Russ, uh, Shane Waldron does come over from the Rams. And I know when we think of McVay, we think of run and gun, um, pass heavy, but actually his his run to pass ratio is about 50-50. It's about one-to-one. So I think it's going to be very good for Chris Carson. I just think there's going to be a couple of games where you're going to have to going to have to temper your expectations a little bit. Now, you're, there's never going to be a situation where you bench Russ, and I like where you have him on the season. Somewhere between five and five and eight mm-hmm. will be good. You know, he's going to have those weak winning weeks, and he's going to have those weeks where he kills you, and maybe you roll the dice. Um, I, what I would do with Russ, and I'll end the Russ question on this, Tyler, is that on a week where I'm a favorite – because, you know, when you play on Sleeper, ESPN, MF, they're going to tell you whether you're the favorite in your matchup. Any matchup where I'm the favorite and I'm just going to start Russ. Yep. I'm not going to risk it, no risk it, no biscuit. But if I have Russ and I'm an underdog in a matchup and maybe I have like a huge upside quarterback on the back end of my roster, maybe Baker is playing like in a one QB league. Maybe Baker's playing Cincinnati that week. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a week where you go out and you get a, uh, you know, you just take a big swing on a guy. You know, a guy you wouldn't normally start over Russ, but you're like, YOLO, I'm already sure. favored to lose this matchup anyway. Russ is good. That, that would be the only time I would bench Russ. That's where I'm at with Russ. Yep. Anything else on Russ before we go to our next question? Yeah, I, I guess the thing is, like, I, sure. I, I wouldn't, um, I just wouldn't bench Russ under any circumstances. But, I mean, for the rest of it, I'm with you. I mean, I, owning Seattle Seahawks, or sorry, say rostering Seattle Seahawks, is something I'm interested in going into this year. You know, the Seattle Seahawks I want the most because I'm, I'm looking at ADP are Chris Carson and Gerald Everett. I don't think where DK Metcalf and where sure. Lockett are going at ADP or Russ is going at ADP, I don't think I'm going to acquire mm-hmm. many of those guys. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm with you. So this next one comes from Stacy, And Stacy says, hey, yo, I always hear that in Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon's voice. Hey, yo. Is Marquez Callaway worth holding as a dynasty asset? Or if you're selling, what price would it take to send him away? I'm going to throw this one to you first. Uh, what do you think about Marquez Callaway? He had the big boom mm-hmm. on Monday night with a famous Jameis at the helm for the Saints. What did you think with Callaway? And I know you're a dynasty gamer as well. I know you, you're you a really good DFS guy. Obviously, we all do redraft and best ball. But what do you think about him from a dynasty standpoint? And then you can throw in some seasonal context as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think in, in redraft, it's great. You're holding him. You, know, you could be looking maybe at a wide receiver three. Um, but in, in dynasty, like at this moment, if you sent me a second round pick for him, I would take it. I would take a second round pick for oh, Marcus Callaway right now. Well, before I get your seasonal take, I'm just going to throw this out there. So I'm in a league with a couple of gentlemen. Maybe the listeners recognize the names. Maybe they don't. 
Uh, one's Bobby Koch, of the DL, formerly of the DLF. He's like a semi-retired content provider over at the DLF. And then Riley Bymaster. Riley Bymaster is a semi-retired content provider for the Dynasty Trade Calculator Group. And they made a trade today. And basically, it was um, Marquez Callaway and Sony Michelle mm-hmm. for two 2022 seconds. That's, I'm smashing those seconds, man. Smashing. You know, R- Riley's a contender. He okay. needs he needs depth. We start ten or eleven in this league. Okay. He's trying to run me down. I'm the two time two time champion back to back in this league, and yep. he's trying to run me down. He's trying to insulate that roster. He had a little extra draft capital. Bobby's in the middle of a rebuild. Nice to have those extra seconds for guys that you know may or may not be worth that at the end of the season. I thought from a context standpoint, it was a great trade for both gentlemen. But uh, that's an example of where you said if you could get a second for Marquez Callaway, I would agree. Some fellow uh, dynasty enthusiasts that I share a league with would agree. So, but what about seasonal? Um, do, do you think he's the man to have there in New Orleans? I don't know. I'm avoiding the situation outside of Kamara at this point in time. It's like there's really just nothing there that really interests me. And I think that Marquez Callaway, like he's on your roster right now, like kudos to you. Like you took the right deep shot. Uh, and he ended up on your team. And I think there's a chance he ends up as a, you know, wide receiver three, like top 36. Like that's definitely in the range of outcomes for Callaway this year. But like it, it's been one game. Like I, I think there's some chance we, we see a little bit more Taysom Hill. Like I know it's Winston. It looks like it's Winston's job, but like we don't really know what's going to happen right now. They're not really showing their hands. So like that scares me a little bit. Um, you know, it, it's just the, the cons- there's nothing really there hasn't flashed before maybe the opportunity wasn't as much but still like you think there'd be something so I mean yeah redraft to keep him on your team he has an ability or a chance to become a wide receiver three but like you know it, it, it doesn't really excite me like I'm not reaching for the guy if that's where we're at at this point from a seasonal league so we agree on selling him for a second if anyone gives us a second for Callaway in a dynasty he's gone he gone but from a seasonal league I'm just asking myself where you're going to get him in, the, in a draft. Do I ever see myself setting a lineup on a weekly basis and excitedly pressing the button on Marquez Callaway? I just don't see it because you're going to get him as like your wide receiver five, six. And, and if he bombs week one, I would much rather let someone else draft him be disappointed after a, a week one game against a Jair Alexander because New Orleans, from a seasonal standpoint, they open against the Packers. He's going to be up against uh, Jair Alexander. Let him stink the joint up in week one because you could argue that Jair Alexander is the best cornerback in the league. He does shadow for a good portion of games. And then that owner is going to be like, all those dynasty and fantasy analysts absolutely suck. Marquez Callaway's trash. I'm going to drop him. And then you can scoop him on waivers later after you get a look at maybe some more upside guys. Because in redraft versus a best ball where I would carry more wide receivers, mm-hmm. in, a, in a redraft, I'm going to have four or five key wide receivers I'm going to start every week, and I'd rather have scratch-off lottery tickets at the running back position just due to the volatility of it, as opposed to scratch-off lottery tickets at wide receiver. Yeah, they're not hitting as much, and they don't hit as hard. So I'm absolutely with you on that one. And just, and just to, to circle back on the Marcus Callaway thing, like, you know, take advantage of the hype. Like, if there's people that are like, like, here's just, you know, a couple players that are, like, similar in that range that if I if I had Marquez Callaway on my roster, I would straight up try to trade him one for one in a redraft league. I would take Marvin Jones straight up. I would take Michael Gallup straight up. Curtis Samuel, I would take him straight up. Corey Davis, um, all those names right there, I would send Marquez Callaway for any of those names back. You know, I'm not saying it's going to land, but like with the, with the hype building with Callaway, there's there's the highlights. People have seen him at this point. Haven't really seen a ton out of those names that I just mentioned. So, see if you can trade them off. I like all of those kind of those names, those guys in that range more than I do Callaway. Yeah, and, and based on the hype you saw the other night, remember um, Jacksonville sucks. Just write that That's down. There, there's a write. There's the first writer downer of the show. Jacksonville sucks. Take that home with you. Take that home with you, kids. Second of all, they probably weren't even playing their best corners when when that game started. So, like I said, he's going to see Jair Alexander in week one, and it probably won't get much easier. Then we'll get to see who Marquez Callaway is. Can he beat legit uh, cornerback ones in the league? So let's switch to our next question. This next question comes from our man Darren. Now, I know him as big ol'. Uh, he's he's one of the big old best supporters of the DWZ in every aspect as well. 
and I appreciate him jumping in the jumping in the chat with us. He wants to know how many QBs do you have ahead of Dak in redraft? Uh, five. Currently, he's my QB six, so okay. it would be. Uh, now, was the, 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 does, does this have the shoulder situation baked into it? Yeah, it does have the shoulder situation baked into it. It has, uh, and it's maybe you know slightly the ankle. Like I think if the, if the shoulder wasn't there, I wouldn't be concerned. But now it's like two injuries that I'm like sweating. Um, you know, I think I would, I would much likely have him at like QB three. Um, but you know, with with that injury concern baked in, I, I feel pretty comfortable with him as my uh, QB six. You know, bef- before the season started or even before the injury happened i had dak as my qb1 on the season i love that i mean I, i've done I, that i did that last year man actually you're, you're speaking my love language right now I, I i don't give a rat's ass that they draft micah parsons i don't give a crap that they brought in the form i'm drawing a blank on his name the former falcons head coach dan i'm drawing a blank quinn? Um, thank you dan quinn is the, the the new oc replacing him i don't care about any of that that defense is still bad they're still, they're still, which is great. Best wide receiver core in the league. You've got two serviceable tight ends in Blake Jarwin, Dalton Schultz, a very capable lead running back in Zeke who can catch the ball, a very capable RB2 who can catch the ball in Tony Pollard. There is literally no one on their roster. In the roster. healthy old line, man. In the healthy old line. Uh, at, least, at least to start the season. At least to start the season, everybody's healthy. You know, let's check back week six on Tyron Smith. But, I think he's got 10 games, man. But, season. you know, when, when it came out that Michael Irvin and Troy Aikman, and here's the thing, when you, when you I don't want to say, when you say something negative or you express concern about your own brand, you know, and then Adam Schefter says that he's not going to be 100%, and listen, by week two, nobody's 100%. So I get it, but I have to bake some of that into my outlook on the season. So for me, I have him as my QB4 right now. Uh, I, I still have him, you know, right there in the mix with Mahomes, with Allen and Aaron Rodgers. Now, this is a seasonal question. This is a seasonal question that, you know, because I, I wouldn't have Rodgers that high in a dynasty. Obviously, it's a dynasty. Rodgers is, what, 37, 38? Maybe going to be 39. He's somewhere in that ballpark. But for this season, man, the Aaron Rodgers FU tour will continue I'm ready for it, dude. How do you how do you not like uh, how do you not like Aaron Rodgers just wanting to? Uh, I'm, a, I, I'm a Lions fan, and I like Aaron Rodgers. That's all he, you need to know. He he's the only positive thing. Him and him and Devontae Adams are the only positive thing left I have on my Scott Fishbowl roster. I mean the the. You have the, Etienne, man. Yeah, I did. I had Etienne. I've got DeAndre Swift. You didn't have, you have Acres though, because then you'd be. No, I didn't. I didn't have Acres. I had Acres on a uh, an industry league that I'm in. That I was so, but you know, I you know, in that particular league, the Etienne news actually bailed me out. So I'm going to come back to Etienne. I want to get your take on that as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I do have a, a question for you. This is our very own Neil. Okay. Now, now Neil's our admin. He he helps out a ton behind the scenes. Um, he wants to know. Decide, now, he's in a conference right now in Australia. Okay. He is. He would much rather be hanging out with us, but he, he DM'd me this. Does he live Who, there or is he visiting? Sorry. He lives there. Okay. He, he was born in Scotland, if I remember this correctly. That's why you hear a bit of a Scottish accent, but he lives in Australia, gotcha. which is rad. Two of the coolest accents in the world, and it's, it's Australia. So, uh, deciphering ambiguous backfields. Yep. He wants to know, at their current ADPs, which running backs do you want in Tampa Bay? In Buffalo, Miami, and San Francisco. So those four backfields. He wants to know Tampa Bay. I'm writing these down. It's my yeah, writer thank, thank God, because I was like, I'm Tampa Bay, around. Buffalo, Miami, yeah, and San Fran. So so we'll start with Tampa Bay. Yeah. Who at their ADP do do you want in in Miami? We'll start with Miami. Let's just do Miami. Who do I want in Miami? Um, that's a really hard one for me because it's really not any of them. You know, I, I tend to lean in the direction that, you know, I think Gaskin's a, a talented back, but I necessarily don't think he is, um, you know, the kind of player, the kind of talent that weren't any kind of uh, bell cow workload or even like a workload that, um, in my opinion, would would put him in a position to, to outperform his ADP. I mean, RB22, it, it's been a bit rich for my, my blood the whole time. Like, I don't have Gaskin literally anywhere. So, you know, he, he's a pretty hard fade for me. <sighs> It's like, do I want to own Salvin Ahmed? Like, no. Like, do I want to roster? I should say, do I want to roster Malcolm Brown? Like, 
he's like the cheapest of the few, but at the same time, man, like I don't like him. I don't think he's that great. So it's like it, I, I, the answer is none for me. If I really sit here and think about it, if you're going to put your, your thumb on it and be like, you know, pick somebody like probably Malcolm Brown, just cause he is, he is free. But uh, this has been a backfield that I have been actively avoiding. You know, I, I'm going to answer this with, this is a redraft show. We're, mm-hmm. we're doing the fantasy football smackdown. Mm-hmm. I would just hit you with none of the above in Miami. I, I, I don't believe in the talent of Salvan Ahmed, and I don't believe in Malcolm Brown. And here's the thing. I'll just buy him off the waiver wire with fab money. If you need to. If I need to. But at RB22, and I'm using Fantasy Pros redraft ADP, at 22, I would rather, you know, James Robinson's going to soar. But Mike Davis is RB26, Chase Edmonds, RB27, my man crush of all man crushes, Javante Williams, Damian Harris, Michael Carter. These are all guys that at their ADP, I would rather have than Miles Gaskin. So for me, if I, if I you know, what's the old expression, gun to your head? And mm-hmm. Miami, the only one I would even have any interest in would be Miles Gaskin. But at his ADP, it would be none of the above. Now, what about San Francisco? Now, this is a team that I love. I, I reference this stat all the time on the Dynasty Warzone. In three years under Kyle Shanahan, so 48 games, I'm not counting the playoff games, this team averages 27 rush attempts a game. Mm, that's that's a lot. That's a, that's that's a huge number. So this is a back – plus they're a good offense, right? Mm-hmm. Jimmy GQ or Trey everything's Lance. Good. Everything's good, man. Everything's good. The offensive line, everything's good. So they should be scoring points. So I do want a piece of, of this backfield. So at ADP, who are you looking at from the Niners? Uh, it, it's pretty simple in, in redraft. I mean, like I think that in my rankings, most certain Sermon are pretty close in terms of like, you know, which guy I'd want. Like obviously as a dynasty guy, like Sermon's been a bit more to lean on, but like most certs are back are running back twenty-five. And Sermon is thirty freaking seven. And like as a dynasty guy, like that's shocking to see. Um, so like, you know, and now the redraft cap is on sermon is running back 37. Welcome to the squad, dude. Say it again. For those listening in the back, give me all the tracer. Here's the thing. This just shows me that, you know, Sally and accounting and, and, and Bob and sales that aren't the hardcore fantasy gamers that we all are. They haven't heard the name trace sermon yet. And they remember a couple of games last year where Raheem Mostert, has big runs, big has runs, you know b- big runs, and and they saw him in a couple of playoff games a couple of years ago, and he's got a very memorable name. Give me all the Trey Sermon at, at RB thirty seven. I'm gonna if if that's his actual ADP, I'm gonna have and in, in, in my work, my old school redraft league, and in my gym league in, in redraft, I'm gonna have a lot of Trey Sermon. Mm-hmm. Big fan. So so that's a slam dunk. What about Buffalo? It's pretty much it's pretty much because I, I got to assume they're they're fairly close at ADP. Yep. Are you a Zach Moss guy? Or are you a Devin Singletary guy? If you say Matt Breda, you're fired. <laughs> All right. You're just Breda, off the team. Breda's not the guy. So you know, I go back and forth on this one. Uh, you know, I don't have a strong opinion. Don't have a strong take. Yeah, it's usually a decent avoid, but I got little pieces here and there. Uh, currently, it sits at Moss at RB thirty five, Singletary RB thirty eight. Um, you know, I'm probably taking Singletary. Uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, he's the running back that you see a bit more between the 20s. Uh, not ideal, but the passing work is there. You're not getting the, the goal line carries. You're not getting the touchdowns. But you're getting the pass work. And for RB38, like, I feel pretty comfortable that he's going to do that. You know, I do I think Moss can take a step forward? I guess it's, again, in the range of outcomes. But, like, I, I'm not betting on that. Like, I don't think Moss is that great. And Josh Allen's a quarterback. So th- those those goal line touchdowns are, are not something that you're going to find in the Bills running back as things sit now. So naturally, I fall back onto the pass work, and that goes to Singletary. So if I had to pick one, it would be Singletary. All right. Well, good. But we, we have a, a moment of disagreement. So when you disagree with me on this podcast. Uh... You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> so uh, you've, you've made the list. I, I'm a Zach Moss guy. I wanted to be a Devin Singletary guy. I, I was a, a buyer coming out of college. Here's the thing. I mean, Buffalo, their metrics department, their analytics department has to be something else because they only run when they absolutely have to. That's a fact, man. And, I hope they do it again. I really do. And, and I really hope that – I believe Sean McDermott was the D.C. when Cam had his MVP year in Carolina, and I really hope he learned from that 
and stops having Josh Allen run the ball so much at the goal line, which hurts to say as a Josh Allen believer in Superflex and, you know, in, in any format, you know, uh, Josh Allen is awesome. But I really think Zach, Zach Moss has the touchdown upside, so that's who I would rather have. Um, did, did you have their ADP on these two? Yeah, it was, it was RB38 for Singletary. And um, for Moss, it was RB35. So just three slots. So, so they're basically the same guys. It's, it's For me, so if we're in a league together, I can, I can get Moss and you can get Singletary and we're both happy. We're friends. All right, cool. Now let's talk about Tampa Bay. And I've already got the ADP pulled up. And all the ADP data that Tyler and I are using is from Fantasy Pros. It's their redraft ADP. Now they have Ronald Jones at 31, L- Lombardi Lenny at 33, and then he may be rising, but uh, Giovanni Bernard was in the 50s. 58? The, uh, 58. Yes, 58. So of those three, who do you want? You want Gio, Lombardi Lenny, or Rojo? So I, I have, I've, I've been on the show, and I have talked about like liking, generally liking um, Rojo's uh, ADP at RB30, 31. I'm not, like, I'm not a Rojo truther. But at the same time, it really comes down to, like, I trust that, like, between the targets and the carries, I think there's less competition for the carries between Fournette and Rojo, and there's more competition between the targets uh, between Fournette and Geo. But with that said, with ADP in mind, um, at this point in time, like, I've talked myself into Giovanni Bernard, RB58, like, pretty much free at this point. Like, there's there's a chance, you know, if he could catch even 60, 70 balls, he's going to be usable. So, you know, I, I've, I've been a Giovanni Bernard guy in the past, which is why I've not been a mixing guy in the past, which is why I'm a mixing guy now. I don't want to go down that road with you. But it essentially, is it, it, if Gio moves up, I could talk myself into like in Rojo the most. But considering that Gio is RB58, I think it's just a no-brainer to take the guy who's got, a, you know, the leg up on getting the majority of the pass work in this offense. So in a vacuum, I agree. The easy answer is give me Giovanni Bernard because – he could be Tom Brady's James White. I know that's a, an almost lazy analogy to make, but it, it doesn't make it less true. For me, with these three guys, I'll take the coward's way out and give you three different answers. It, it would come down to my scoring format. In a non-PPR, I would rather have uh, Rojo. No points per reception at all. Give me Rojo. In a half PPR, give me Lombardi Lenny. And in a full PPR, give me Giovanni Bernard. You know, but here's the thing. Do I really, really, really want to go into my roster? I want to go into Sleeper. I want to look at the Fortnite Disney characters dancing and doing ballet and being tanks and whatever the hell else they do. Do I want to go in there and really hit the button on putting one of these three guys in my roster? If I do, it's going to be like week 10. We're going to be neck deep in buys, and I'm going to feel really dirty. Or an injury popped up, you know, or it's like one of your guys got hurt. Now yes, one of, the, one of the three. When the injury bug calls this herd a little bit, then there might be a, a better opportunity. This, But you know what? This is when you and Lou get going doing the DFS show. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is where I can say, you know, I can see you guys doing that research that against this defense, they give up a lot of receptions to the running back. So this is a gr- this is a great week to play Giovanni Bernard at thirty eight hundred or whatever on DraftKings, and I can just hear that conversation now. So let's go to our next question. Now this one comes from Jeff Wilson, and you know oh, what? Jeff, I, I, what's up, dude? If you're watching, I, man, I know in I, real life he's one of Jerry and I's friends. I, I, well, I thought this was Jeff Wilson on the IR for the San Francisco Forty Niners. <laughs> Same guy. I'm, Same I'm, guy. Gl- I, I'm glad he's not red assed about us deciding between Trey Sermon. And and Raheem Mostert. So I'm glad he's not red asked about that, but he does want us to de- to decide who do we want more in the second round of a redraft. Do you want Najee Harris or do you want Antonio Gibson? This is hard for me. Two yeah. of my personal faves. It's, I mean, it is a great great question by Jeff. Got him really close in redraft right now. Um, I lean Antonio Gibson's way. I think there is, is a bit more room for a ceiling in terms of um, one. I, I think what it comes down to is more concerns with Najee Harris. Obviously, the offensive line, we're going to talk about that. It's not good. Uh, but the volume's there for Najee. Like, Najee's going to be the guy. It's, it's the Steelers. Like, not only do they, like, literally just only have bell cows, they drafted him in the first line over a much-needed offensive line spot. Like, to me, it just all signs point towards Najee Harris looking at, like, legit, like, he, like 300 touches would not shock me 
Um, but I think there's there's an upside. Uh, you know, there's a sexiness to Antonio Gibson where it's like, you know, he he's the pass game work is you know he's great in the pass game. He's he's a good runner. The, there wasn't a lot of experience coming out of college, uh, but he showed that he is legit last year. And, and there's a, there's a leap that could happen. And I'm willing to you know take my shot in a redraft league. It's one year. I look at Antonio Gibson if he finishes a top three running back in 2021. Like you know, granted maybe an injury to, a, to some of those elite guys. Like I wouldn't be surprised. So, you know, it, to me, I, I lean Antonio Gibson just because I think there's more upside there. Um, you know, th- I think that would be the only difference. Like, I'm, like, literally back-to-back. But, I mean, I love them both, but I'm going Gibson. All right. Well, th- th- this one this one right here is uh, I'm going to go Najee for a couple of reasons. One, J.D. McKissick is still around in, 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 in Washington, and I can see him just not killing his value but just being a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Just a pain in the ass on on a given week, and it feels like the, the week you would need Antonio Gibson the most. And then I will take the collective talent around Najee more than I will. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like Terry McLaren the best out of both teams' wide receivers. But then once you get ta- past Terry McLaren, it's like, what am I getting out of Curtis Samuel and Dayami Brown? Versus on the Steelers, I get Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool. Uh, I think the tight ends are about a wash. Actually, I think Logan Thomas is better than Eric Ebron, but I, I do like Pat Fryermuth. And the the lack of a of a JD McKissick type pain in the ass in in the backfield. And here's the thing: Ben's averaged up to target over the last couple of years since the Tommy John surgery. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like look once, look twice, check down. And Najee, even in preseason, has shown a pretty good proclivity for for catching the ball. And just the lack of competition, whether it be Benny Snell or uh, Anthony McFarlane. So those little, and I mean little, minute things are what's going to make me lean Najee, but it's super close. I love both. And uh, I've said before, if if you told me 2019 uh, Christian McCaffrey was Antonio Gibson's upside, I'd believe you. I'd believe you because the guy who called the plays that year is calling the plays in Washington. I just don't think he'll get quite that much receiving work because of the aforementioned Mr. J.D. McKissick. So let's go to our next question. This is another big supporter of the show, and all these guys are because you know why? They're asking questions on YouTube on a Wednesday night at 9.45 in the p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mr. David Donaldson wants to know, sorry if you've answered this, but rank these three running backs, and I'm going to assume for seasonal because that's what we're covering tonight, because they're all in a tier for him. He wants to know James Robinson. He wants to know Josh Jacobs. He wants to know, it could be Colonel Sanders, could be Emmanuel Sanders, could be Deion Sanders, but I'm going to assume Miles of Sanders. So Miles Sanders, James Robinson, or Josh Jacobs, rank those three for him for 2021. I think David has them in order. That, that's the order in which I have them. I have Sanders at RB17. Uh, Robinson, I'm still toying with it. The news is new, but I, I have him currently at RB19. And Josh Jacobs uh, is at RB21. Um, you know, I, th- I think in, in the end of the day, Sanders has the most upside. Like, I know it's funny saying that because of J-Rob, what he just did last year. But I guess if I had to, like, lay my case out for J-Rob and, and why I'm not into him as much, essentially just come down to the fact that um, everything's new about the team. Like, it's a new coach, new OC. I don't trust the coach. I don't trust the new OC. Um, you know, and, and he really, he was good. He was great last year in a lot of ways, but in the end of the day, like he had unprecedented volume, like that volume just like doesn't exist. It's like CMC volume. Um, and I just don't think that's going to happen with Meyer there. So, you know, I think Jerob's a solid RB two, but at the same time, like I just can't believe he's going to get that same amount of volume as he did in 2020. Um, and Josh Jacobs Raiders, I think are borderline dumpster fire. The offensive line's bad. Um, Kenyon Drake, I think, is going to be a thorn in his side much more than Jaden McKissick is Antonio Gibson, in my opinion. So, um, but I, I think Josh Jacobs is also safe. Like I also think he's a pretty safe back. I don't hate him. So I, I think Sanders just has the the easiest path to being an uh, RB one, and then uh, J. Rob and Josh Jacobs are pretty close. But I see them as safe running backs. That order is good, David. Well, I, I'm I'm gonna so before before the events of the Travis ATN injury, it would have been a different a different yeah, conversation. Absolutely. For, for for me, it's like which one of these guys had an RB four season last year and missed two games? It was Josh Jacobs, who had fourteen hundred you know total yards. And when I did the research as we were covering this on last night's Dynasty Warzone, I was shook 
shook that James Robinson had 49 catches last year. So for me, here's the thing. I've seen it, and I don't know that he gets the 10 touchdowns again, but he got a QB upgrade. He got offensive weapons around him upgrade. They brought in Marvin Jones. Uh, at some point, you got to right. assume Marvin Jones. Love it, dude. Mar- 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 Marvin Jones is just disrespected. He's just he's not going to wind up in the Hall of Fame. He's not going to win you a fantasy championship. But we were talking about some wide receivers earlier, like a Marquez Callaway. I'm going to feel a lot better every single week plugging Marvin Jones into my my weekly starting lineup than I ever am a guy like Marquez Callaway. I mean, it doesn't mean I wouldn't start Callaway at some point, because at some point you might do anything. But anyway, back to these. So for me, it's J-Rob. J-Rob is going to be my number one, because I've seen it. And here's the thing. It's it's him, and it's Carlos Hyde. And I, I, I think the, this is going to... The corpse of, of Carlos Hyde. The, the corpse of Carlos Hyde. Uh, hey, you know what? Out of all the bad stuff I've said about Urban Meyer, the pro coach, not the college coach, that's a different coach, but the, but the pro coach... You know what? He is a loyal bitch. I will say that about Urban Meyer. He gave Tebow a shot. He's brought Carlos Hyde back in there. He's a loyal cat. Uh, but for me, it's James Robinson. I think if he gets 70 75% of the touches, even on a bad offense, I, I don't see it. And then for me, man, these next two are really, really, really close. Because here's the thing. Josh Jacobs last year was the RB8. He was. And he was. only got like 55% of the touches and 55% of the snaps. So out of all the Raiders' carries, he had about half. And out of all the Raiders' you know, a, you know, total snaps of a running back, about half. So Kenyon Drake can come in there and carve out a role, and that doesn't mean that Josh Jacobs won't be productive. The thing about it is, is that I don't trust Philly. I don't know what Nick Sirianni's going to do. I don't know what Shane Steichen's going to do. Those are the most unanswered questions. I know that mobile quarterbacks have historically like a Jalen Hurts, have historically been read one, read two, run. There's not a lot of checkdowns. And I've already, and, and yeah, I know, that, I know that Trevor Lawrence is more mobile than a lot of people probably realize, but I think there, I think there's going to be uh, still a lot of, so for me, it's passing volume dependent. So here it is. I'm going to go J-Rob 1 because I've seen it before and I like the, the perceived volume of, of targets because he had 49 catches last year in 14 games. I like that. So that's why he's 1 for me. Josh Jacobs is going to be 2 because I've seen him do it with 50% of the snaps last year. And Miles Sanders is going to be 3 because I just don't trust the offense. And I'm a little, a little I think he'll get a bump in yardage. But how many goal line touchdowns is Jalen Hurts going to snipe for him? The most mobile quarterback of the three. So for me, I'm going to go J-Rob, Jacobs, Sanders, but they're all super, super close. You go with that? I, I accept that. I mean, all those things wouldn't surprise me, let's put it that way. Okay, so so that's our take of the day. Um, this is the next one right here. It's not really a question. Silver Rapture says OBJ sucks. Well, I mean, what he does in his time is his business from a football standpoint. Um, if he stays healthy, I think he's a wide receiver. I think he's I think he's a guy that you can draft for wide receiver three prices. Are you checking his ADP? I can get it for you. You're quick. already a better co-host than Jerry. Write that down. Thank you're, you. You're, thank you're, you thank you're, you. you're doing research on the show. You're not as handsome, but but you're you're, do- you're you're doing a great job. So what's his ADP? Twenty five. Why is River 25? Okay, so that's technically, a, I, I always go off 12-team leagues. So in a 12-team league, he's a wide receiver three. He's a guy who, if he stays healthy, that, that's been the biggest caveat mm-hmm. on Odell Beckham Jr. over the last five years is just his health. If he stays healthy, he's probably going to wind up being a wide receiver two. That's going to give you wide receiver one weeks. So at wide receiver 25 at ADP, Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be a very, very certain. I'm, I'm going to feel very comfortable starting him uh, at, at that ADP. All right, next the next question. Uh, Darren's back, but it's a good question because it's about a very polarizing player. And Darren wants to know, where is Saquon Barkley in your seasonal ranks? Now, Tyler, I would love to know yours. Yeah, so I, I have Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin, and, and Kamara pretty comfortably ahead. Uh, at this point, kind of like their own area here. And then I, I flip-flop back and forth between Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley at four and five. Currently, I have um, Barkley at five. Um, 
you know, it, it really comes down to here we are. Um, you know, is, is he going to be healthy? Like it's coming down to the wire with that knee. Um, I, I guess I just, I trust him as being a generational talent, which I, I don't throw that word around lightly. So, you know, I'm willing to take the, the odds at, at running back like five right now. Um, you could probably, you know, on the clock, I might do it at running back four, but those three are, are safely ahead. So four or five, currently five. So I, it, it's just tough for me to hate on a guy who's that good at football. For me, I have him at six. And, and, and the reason why is I, now I will move him up. I will move him ahead of Derrick Henry mm-hmm. if if he's going to play all 16 games. The, the, the thing for from a dynasty standpoint, this is a no-brainer. I have Saquon in my top four. That's easy. But from a seasonal standpoint, I want some reassur- I want some reassurances. This is the the cornerstone piece of your draft if you're drafting on Saturday. I want reassurances. So for me. If he was fully healthy, going to play week one, I might even put him a skosh higher. But based on that, I've got him at six. Uh, guys that I like ahead of him are, are McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, uh, Henry, Kamara, and Zeke Elliott. And I know what you're going to say, Zeke Elliott? Who the hell, who the hell is doing Zeke Elliott? Guys, I, I understand, but Dallas plays one of the easiest strength of schedules in the NFL. He's going to have Dak back. They're going to be in shootouts. Uh, I think he could see 10 or 15% of his touches and still have a dynamite year. And you know what? Unless Zeke gets in some kind of legal trouble, Zeke plays football. I think he's missed one game in his entire career to injury. Uh, he came in in great shape. And a lot of, uh, lo- lot of good things there. So um, you have him at four. I have him at six. He's an RB1, guys. He's an RB. Here's the thing. If, if I take him, I'm going to ensure that bet in like the last couple of rounds. I might even take my defense in your standard redraft type league. I might you know reach for like one of the better defenses like a Denver or whatever. And I'm, I'm going to pick up Devontae Booker as my last overall pick. Because if for some reason he gets off to a slow start or he misses a game or two, I've got to have that cornerstone piece backed up. All right, I'm just reading these in order. Some of these guys are back in here with more shenanigans, and God bless them for it. Um, uh, that's more of a redraft. We'll, we'll, we'll get to them. All right, we're going to answer. We'll go four more, five Let's more, five more. Five, this is it. Um, Silver Rapture's back. He's like, what do you guys think about Russell Gage? What do you think about Russell Gage? I think Russell Gage was, was a bit hyped up in the offseason. Uh, but like in the end of the day, like people haven't caught up to Russell Gage having a chance at some decent volume, because um, I think like looking at it right now, Russell Gage is wide receiver sixty-one. Like he, he's free. <laughs> wow, you said a wide receiver sixty-one. Holy he's, Toledo. Yeah, he's free. I mean, I mean, like right, let me. I actually, I have standard scoring up, but I mean, I don't think that's going to change it. Yeah, wide receiver sixty in, in half PPR. Like that's the thing is like I don't believe in his talent. Like, I don't think I think he's just another wide receiver, but he's also in a good situation where he could see some decent volume. Um, I feel like there's, you know, but at that price, like, yeah, sure, I, I like Russell Gage. You want to you want to take him with one of your final picks? You know, your wide receiver five, like certainly. Like I don't think it's upside to win you weeks, but um, I definitely have, don't have an issue with drafting Russell Gage at his ADP. Here's here's the thing: I don't believe in handcuffing wide receivers, but I didn't have time to to pull up Matt Ryan's card on Pro Football Reference. But I can't think of a season in the last four or five years where Matt Ryan didn't throw the ball 600 times. And here's the thing. When you throw the ball 600 times, even if for some astronomical reason you think Kyle Pitts gets 200 targets and Calvin Ridley gets 200 targets, that still leaves 200 targets to divvy up amongst him. Um, What's his name? Ole something Zacharias or I don't yeah. know. Yeah, Ole Zacchaeus or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I got that in Tijuana. Hayden, once. Hayden Hurst, <laughs> Hayden 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 Hurst Helmsley. There's a lot. There's a lot of guys. So I, I like Russell Gage. I've actually had a lot of people reach out to me in dynasty leagues trying to get Russell Gage because I've had Russell Gage for several years. So um, again, a kind of guy that I'm going to because anything happens to Calvin Ridley, yeah, it's good. Russell Gage to the moon. I mean. Not a league winner, but about as close as a waiver wire wide receiver would get you. So I don't mind keeping him on the back end of a roster. I can't believe right, that da- cheap, honestly. That, all right, all right, <laughs> that we're down. Crazy part. We're going. We're going to. Uh, we're going to go back to uh, David. He goes, "Who is the player at the end of the draft you really want to have on your team?" Ooh, that is a good question. Anyone? Anyone come to mind for you? 
Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, my my media reaction is go to running backs. You know, I think that's basically how I like to build my my redraft teams. Is you know, at the end, just stack up on some late running backs. You know, I think um, you know Madison. It, it, I feel like he was like a little expensive in the last couple of years, but you know, taking a look um, right now, he's one of those guys where I I'm trying to find his ADP right now. But at the end of the day, it's like Dalvin. I love the guy, and I. You know, I, I, he hasn't had the best job staying healthy. So Madison's kind of like one of those like later running back insurance guys that I like. I mean, RB45, um, Tony Pollard, uh, Jamal Williams, to name another two. Uh, you know, Jamal Williams is still running back 42 right now. Uh, still decently cheap. Um, I think that like Giovanni Bernard kind of already talked about him just to, you know, not to name the whole list, but those are some of the guys that come to my mind. Like how many of these guys are you going to take from me? I mean, I appreciate you being on, but you got to leave me some answers. For, for, for me, I'm going to go J.D. McKissick. He's going as player 148 off the board, RB47. If anything happens to Antonio Gibson, and remember, he's already got this weird toe thing, and I don't mean like a Rex Ryan toe thing. I just mean like a, like a, like an injured toe thing. So I, I, that, that's going to be a guy in a PPR world, man. That's the kind of guy that I'm going to draft. If he doesn't do much within the first couple weeks, you just drop him and, and go for another lottery ticket. But, yeah, I'm with you. At the end of at the end of drafts, I'm always looking for that scratch-off lottery ticket running back on a good offense. Another guy, too, is Daryl Williams. If anything yep. happens to Clyde Edwards-Elair, rocket the ship. He's rocket been the guy. Ship. And, yep. and he got touches anyway. He's gonna, he, he could. You know, we're talking 17 games this year, guys, and injuries are going to be worse than ever, it feels like. And for those reasons, I mean, those are the kind of guys I'm stacking. All right, real quick, uh, Jacob uh, DeShazo, I hope I got that right. Any hype on Jalen Darden? You know, when, when you're a wide receiver, and I love him for a dynasty, he is one of my favorite taxi stashes in, in a dynasty league. But when you're trying to crack the weekly starting lineup with Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans, you got to be pretty damn – and Scotty Miller's no real slouch. I mean, Scotty Miller's got – Tyler Tyler Johnson, he's still probably – Forgot Tyler about Tyler Don, Johnson. I mean, um, after rattling off all those names, he may be a stretch to make the roster or could be a, a, a taxi squad guy for them, a practice squad guy. So, like the name, I like what I've seen in limited uh, limited time in camp. But uh, let's, go, let's go to this next one. Uh, it's Fail Haber. He is one of our Aussie buddies. He said, how would you feel if your co-manager took OBJ as your wide receiver one in the sixth round? We may need to che- check in on Kyle August. Well, I think we found out what happened to Kyle tonight. I, I think his co So what this is referring to, I, I, I now know where this is going. So in our patron league, we are doing tag team wrestling redraft. So Tyler, what we're doing mm-hmm. is you have to team up with a patron that, that you do not know. Maybe you live in a different state, a different continent, a different part of the world. I am teamed up with Nathan. Now, I said Nathan on last night's show was from Canada. That was a different – I mean, so he is from Canada. Okay. I thought he was from Australia. That's a different Nathan. We have people from all over the world in the Dynasty Warzone Patreon. And maybe that's what happened. Maybe Kyle's getting his ass kicked because his, his league mate's upset because he took OBJ as his wide receiver one in the, the sixth round. For me – this year, um, I'll tell you my strategy so far. Me and my co-owner, Nathan, we went in the first round with the fourth pick. We went Herbert because we were between Herbert and Dak. Okay. And at the time, I hadn't got the news we got today where Dak had you know, played some 11-on-11, made about 20 passes. And uh, so anyway, um, we, we went Herbert. And then later in the draft, we got um, – uh, uh, Keenan Allen. We got the Keenan Allen stack. Uh, we've also got Devonte Adams and Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. This is the Joe Mixon year. So uh, we'll keep you posted on that. I want to. I go. Um, by the way, Fell Haber said it, that Neil is his co-owner. It's okay. Neil and Kyle, which makes total sense. Neil is the ultimate, the ultimate stand for OBJ. He's got like a ninety-eight percent OBJ roster ship across all of his leagues. So that's Plant pretty wild. Planting the flags there. All right, man. We, 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 we're going to go one, one last question. We're going to go with the Chosen Rose. And, and their question is, I have the 12th pick in a 12-team league. Is Exler, Eckler and Gibson a good option if Eckler is gone? Do you think Gibson and Najee Harris is good? I can get Woods in the third round. So, so there you go. I'm going to put his question on the board. 
And I'm going to say, uh, in this situation, if I can get Gibson and Najee Harris, that's the route I'm going to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would go Gibson Najee, but if Gibson or Najee are gone, then I I co-sign on Eckler because you're not going to get that quality of running back coming back. I agree. He also commented in the in the chat that um, he can get like a a Robert Woods later in the in the draft, mm-hmm. and, and I co-sign on that. I would get those two running backs, and I would just start slamming wide receivers for the next two or three rounds after that. I, I would really bolt. But, but if you get those two as your RBs, one and two, but any combination of those three rows are, are, are good for me. Eckler, Gibson, because, again, when you're on the turn like that, if it's a snake draft, no one of that value is coming back to you. So it's not a reach. It's not a reach. Get your guy. Because if not, you're going to be sifting through through the rocks of of, of players that we've already talked about and at at those positions, when he's at the you know the three four turn, later in the draft, I would I would rather be at the three four turn. So what is that like thirty six thirty seven? You know, at that point per Fantasy Pros ADP, that's where Allen Rod. So if you so Allen Robinson, CD Lamb, Robert Woods, Amari Cooper, you know, I I would much rather be you know stacking two of those guys at thirty six and thirty seven. Than I would trying to you know sift through. Do I want Kareem Hunt or Miles Gaskin? I think that's the play. That's how I would play it. What about you, man? Yeah, I'm taking one of the two, uh, almost absolutely. I mean, I think you, you take Najee, I take Gibson for only doing one of the two, but I feel like both are good options. I, I think if, if Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill were there at 12, I would I would absolutely be. Taking I, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I'd definitely be taking one of those two wide receivers to pair with Gibson or Najee. Um, Gibson in this case, but like outside of that, you know, I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't bat an eye to anybody who took, you know, Vidley at that point in time, he's my wide receiver three, but at the, if Hill or Devontae Adams are there, I'll take one of those two and then grab Gibson. But um, if, you know, if those first couple elite wide receivers are gone, I would absolutely uh, go both. All right. Well, I hope that helps you Rose. I hope your drafts this weekend and we're going to do this one more time. We're going to do this one more time. We're going to do it next Wednesday, the last time. I'm assuming Jake and Kyle will be back behind the steering wheel of the open question forum here on YouTube. I want to thank everybody. I'm going to try to get as Stacy, Darren, Jeff, Silver Rapture, Darren again, David, Felhaber, um, The Chosen Rose. I, I hope I'm not missing anybody, but everybody who jumped on and participated with us. And then Stacy came back just to say, thanks, guys. Great show. Stacy, I agree. I agree. And, and, and there's Darren. Same thing. He gave us a couple of those beer mugs because you're drinking. You're drinking a, a couple of cold ones over there. You never know what's in this uh, this Yeti. But, guys, we got you here at the Dynasty Warzone. You know, Tyler and his co-host, Lou, they're going to be here doing the daily stuff That's right. very, very, very soon. Uh, Jerry and I will be manning the, the Dynasty content, Jake and Kyle. And we'll have Dr. Kyle back. So when this show ends, not this show, but, like, next week when the last edition of the live Q&A ends... The following Wednesday, Dr. Kyle and I will be kicking off the best bet. We'll be doing that best bet energy over on Wednesday nights, getting you ready for props. But the YouTube, again, this is the importance of the YouTube. I'm going to be doing live hits from my truck when the, the lines actually break. Do you gamble, Tyler? I know you do a little bit. You're a big DFS guy. Yeah, you got to have some I, I Absolutely. I mean, not a ton of money, more so for fun. But, you know, I'll, I'll lock up 50 100 bucks on a Sunday and some fun bets. Dude, for, 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 for 10 bucks. On, on a Sunday, you, you you think a meaningless game is made good by fantasy football? Put no, ten no, no. put put ten bucks on Dalvin Cook at two point five receptions or one point five receptions, and every time Kirk Cousins makes a bad throw down the field, it's like, damn it, Dalvin Cook was wide open in the flat, you son of a bitch. So um, I do a ton of prop bets and had a great year last year, but to give you guys the freshest lines. Be on YouTube with notifications turned on because I'm just going to do them live whenever I get them, whether it's in my office at work, whether it's in my truck, wherever I'm at. Could be at the, the bleachers from the ball game with my son playing fall baseball. I want to get you the freshest lines, but I can't do that if I have to come home, get behind this microphone, and record them because by the time all that time elapses, those numbers get beat to shit and you wind up having to make a worse bet. So a lot of good stuff. And then, Tyler, I know you're not going to be an every-week commit. We're doing Sunday uh, football Sunday school on Sundays. 
dude, we're going to be talking DFS. We're going to be doing stuff just like this. We're going to be doing start sits, gambling props, you name it, we're going to be doing it. We're going to Sunday school, and we're going to do it from a football perspective. I know you'll be there occasionally. Oh, absolutely, here and there, when I can. You're a man about town. It's hard for every father uh, we, we're, 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 and if you're a lady and, and you are creating football content or are interested, slide my DMs. Not in that way. I just want to know about, hey, what are you interested in? Because we want more people to create more content here at the DWZ Football Network. Well, listen, we're at 59.58. Tyler, man, I thank you again for jumping on with me. Thank you for helping me out. I know Jerry was trying. He uh, He had a dinner that he had to go to, of all things. So... Uh, Jerry couldn't make it. We're, we're covering for, for Tyler, I'm excuse me, for uh, Jake and Kyle. I'll edit, I'll, I'll edit that out of the podcast because, you know, pride. But anyway, on behalf of that man, he's at FF Tyler O. I'm at DWZ Memphis. And here at the Fantasy Football Smackdown, as well as the Dynasty Warzone, we're just here to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back real soon. Have a great weekend, guys.